three with the one and only John Anderson. What up, what up? And a special guest, former Atlanta Brave and life grinder, <laughs> Matt Marksbury. Chicka, chicka, yeah. What's up, batches? <laughs> uh, man. I just wanted to say how pumped I am to have finally have a special guest, and it's you, and you're one of my good friends. So I'm just let's pumped do to this. be here, man. Honestly, it's like it's such a great honor to be with the probably the biggest grinders in the Atlantic League right now. So you know, I'm hoping to be a part of the show. Well, uh, let's get going. So <clears throat> let's talk about how we finished last episode with the rule changes. How would you like the feedback, John? Well, I mean, we are still an up-and-coming podcast. I think we had maybe about 45 or 50 people listen. Not a lot of feedback, but I would say the the most important thing is, is we did have an additional rule change. They're not moving We're the mounds We're not allowed to wear cups all. anymore. We can't wear <laughs> cups. The mounds move back to 75 feet. Dragons are going to come in, and they're going to drop the ball off, and we're going to be riding on unicorns, and this is just because the pace of play. I think uh, eight total rule changes, so the other seven are in effect. We will find out how how they really affect us into our coming season. We are starting up our first game tomorrow, 7 p.m. against the High Point Rockers. Whatever a rocker is, we'll find out. It's a rocking chair, John. (laughs) It, yeah, uh, I think it's just a rocking chair. It's a rocking chair. It's, that's probably the worst mascot. Or they, in or they might actually be the ever. High Point Johnny Rockers. <laughs> and that, okay. in that case, it's a little oh man, little PC police are going to be out <laughs> in full force for this one. What exactly is a Johnny Rocker? I don't know. Honestly, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's actually John Rocker? And that's a John, John Rocker. Rocker's you know, honestly, that's probably what I was literally about to say. But I'm, but you know me, and I misconstrue and say stupid things all the time. So I probably said Johnny Rocker when I meant John Rocker. Well, I mean, what if, what if they're the high point John Rockers? And they just have, <laughs> yeah, I would love it. They dude. just have his face on the uniform and on the incredible. hats, and and he was the mascot. Yeah, and year then round. instead of your name on the back of your jersey, it's just like a homophobic or racial slur on the back. Oh. That'd be classic. Uh, that's brutal. Everybody's number, everybody's number is 69 or 420. <laughs> just let them rip, dude. That's all I'm going to say rip, about that. <laughs> just throwing behind people, throwing at their domes, letting them know that you're one of the bad boys of the Reds machine in the 90, 1990s. And they all throw absolute fuego. Fuego. And I'm over here, like, struggle about some to throw some of these big leaguers change-ups in 90. So. Wait, did you think John Rocker played for the Reds in the 90s? Didn't he? He was an Atlanta Brave. I know he's an Atlanta that, Brave, that but he also was part. Wasn't he part of the Reds Machine too? Or no? no who, that, who was that? The, Red, no, the Big dude, Red Machine. You're like a decade off. Yeah. Man. The Big Red Machine was was the Cincinnati Reds. Dude, I don't even like 70s. baseball, guys. Bro, aren't you from Cincinnati? I don't, I don't even, even like even baseball, that. man. I just I just happen to like to play it. Well. <laughs> you ask me any baseball history question, and it's probably I'm, you're gonna you're gonna walk look at me like a human trash can. You're gonna be like, this guy doesn't know sh- <laughs> shit. <laughs> So it's, it's part of it, though. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I want to get a lot of things wrong. So all you um, people in the podcast sphere, don't fact check me because you're probably going to prove me wrong. So that's cool. Uh, well, we like facts over feelings here. So, so don't Oh, yeah. I'm a big uh, feelings don't matter kind of guy. So <laughs> let's do it. We'll see. Let's get started, man. I want to hear how this all came about. What Just do you mean? Ride, Life bro. story? Life story, man. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, I went to Campbell University. 
um, straight out of high school, blew my arm out my senior high school, so pitching in some playoff games and high school. Um, Wait, did you have Tommy John? Oh, bro, I, yeah, I had some good old TJ, 100%. Um, I had, what year was that? 2009. Blew out my arm. Senior year, last game of the season, blew out my arm. And then redshirt freshman, Campbell University, man, fighting camels, Gaylord's our mascot, you know, whoop, whoop. Where is Campbell University? It's in uh, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, North Kekalake. All right, so you're at Campbell University. Give me any cool stories, anything crazy happened besides you just blowing oh, out? man. What? I just had your typical college career, dude. And then I got I got lucky and fortunate enough to get signed by the Atlanta Braves in 2013. Went rookie ball first year, put up a good old five, you know. Everybody thought I was a fucking trash bag. Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I looked terrible when I went in there. Um, put up a good old five in rookie ball. Next year... Went to spring training, first spring training. Um, felt pretty confident. What year was that, 2016? No, no. That would be uh, 2014. 2014, so okay. 2014, spring training. Get put on like a little prospect little list thing, I guess. I, I played in the um, Braves Futures game. We played the big league team, and I remember Jared Laird. We were playing in Rome, Georgia for this game, and Jared Laird, 0-2 fastball, I think, or 2-0. Pro- knowing me, it was probably 2-0. 2-0 fastball, just screaming off of uh, 400 feet, just off the top of the wall. Just hits top of it, and Jared Laird gets a triple. Jared Laird got a triple. That's how far he hit it. He's a fat pile of shit, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know how to go about that. I mean, <laughs> right. But he's a big. he was a bigger dude, dude, 100%. Yeah. But, he was, <laughs> but he hit that off me, and then I remember Sheerholtz, John Sheerholtz, the younger coach, came off the mound, and – Oh, he was my grad assistant coach at Auburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was my he was my manager, and he comes out to pull me from the game, and I did the old crap move, and I, I flipped him the ball. I didn't realize what I did. I flipped him the ball, and I just got reamed by the big league coach, Freddie Gonzalez, at the time, and also reamed by him. Not knowing the little subtle etiquettes of pro ball at the time, I was like, whatever, I'm still I'm, I'm 20, I'm 23, whatever, I'm top of the world, man, I'm going to do what I want, you know, typical <laughs> kind of guy. Mm, good but, times. Good times. Oh, when we were young. When we were young. But no. Um, yeah. And then went from there. I went to high A. Started out in high A. Skipped A ball. Messed up my hamstring. Got rehab. Then sent to low A as a starter. Was a reliever in spring training earlier on. Yeah. Reliever in high A. Um, sent to low A. Did well as a starter. Next year, come back to spring training. Started out in high A as a reliever. Had a really good first half second half something like that and um next thing i know bus crash you just said you got in a bus crash yeah bus crash 2015 carolina league bus crash a little 3 a.m we're coming back from uh, playing boston's team boston's uh high a team which i think was in salem i want to say salem virginia and we were coming back with about three. We got game got done late. You know, typical seven a.m. travel, seven p.m. travel game. You know, typical minor league grind bullcrap. Right. Got done with that. We get on the bus. And, you know, everybody's just whatever doing their thing. You know, I remember just dozing off. And next thing I know, it's like it's like three a.m. I'll say it's about three a.m. I, I wake up and I hear dun dun. I was like, oh man, what is that? I wake up and then I hear a guy. He's go, oh shit! <laughs> and then. <laughs> And next thing I know, I just feel like, and then like the fucking, I'm like midair, dude, like one of those fucking gravity, like planes, you know, the G, G things when you're just like in zero gravity. And then next thing I know, I just, we just 
boom, slam off the side, oh, uh, and then I'm hanging on. So I'm I'm sitting on the edge, you know, window seat, and um, with the handrail and all that. Next day, I'm sitting right by the glass, man. And then I just remember my head hitting off the glass. And then they, on those buses, I guess they have the safety glass. And the safety glass pops out. So the safety glass pops out. I'm holding on to the rail. My arm's getting dragged. And then my friend Sal, Sal Giardina, was uh, sitting next to me. His body flies on top of mine. And then he slams on my arm. And I'm holding me and him up with my arm because I'm obviously <laughs> strong as shit. I'm yoked. Um, so I'm holding probably... the 230 pounds something like that on that and just hold on to your life you know not knowing what's going on i just remember hearing in the background just, uh, uh, it wasn't even scream that's what scared me the most it wasn't screams it wasn't like i'm in pain it was like uh, uh, like people just getting torn apart sounding oh. and like that's what scared me and then when the bus stopped I, oh man I, it it was probably 10 seconds total time but it felt like it was two hours I'm talking it felt like it was the longest time did ever. anybody die <laughs> no or one died but we had some guys get career ending yeah injuries. we actually one of my good friends Tyler Brocious messed up his back I think he had eight herniated disc and uh, that ended his career unfortunately he was a good pitcher but yeah dude a wow lot of, so did they ever find out what happened the highway we were supposed to go on was apparently closed so she was taking a detour but she was looking at her GPS, looking at the road, GPS road, GPS road, but she was going like 20, 30 over the speed limit. And she just took a turn. It was a turn in the road, and she didn't see it on her GPS. And then, you know, it's next thing you know, you're dude, next thing I know we're wheels doing, up, wheels up, flip down. And then at the end of it, we had Jack Johnson's upside down playing over somebody's fucking mm. phone on there. And it was like, <laughs> oh man, this is weird. Yeah. I mean, that's real humbling because I mean, we take pretty long bus rides, and I can't stand them. Especially when you have to double up with somebody. Were you doubled up? Oh, were you guys? Yeah. You guys are all hung up together. Double so, up, man. Was- I can't stand being on a bus for more than two or three hours. When we have those long ones. I just want the speed, the bus driver, just to speed the whole way. You know, that really puts a lot of perspective. That, dude, there's no fucking way I am ever taking any type of bus driver for granted after that. There's no way. Wow. No, I, so I was terrified. Did you miss any time for that or? No, I, I got a couple cuts on my hand, but I mean, honestly, I'm like a superhuman being, so like, really didn't affect me at all. So of course, no, no, it messed my hand up a little bit, but other than that, it was that. But I think it took out like our whole starting staff. Oh my! So I think it was like four, four out of the five starters in, in high at the time, like got messed up, and then we had to um, basically just like relievers, like sorry boys, you're wearing it, you're gonna throw two or three each time you go out there, <laughs> oh my kind God. of thing, man. That's all part of it. Uh, this part. But it was yeah. it was definitely one of those parts you didn't want to have. Yeah, man, we got we got we threw the bus crash, and then I think I, I think I was in high for another two three weeks after that. The next thing I know, I get called at AAA. So I was like, oh damn! So like I uh, they, I knew there's they were looking for somebody to get called up. Um, there's a spot open in AAA. They could call. They made a big trade, and they were calling people up and stuff like that because they need to. Uh, so that means obviously you were throwing well. But. Oh, I was throwing well. My my velo was up, man. I was like 94, 95, hitting some sixes and stuff like that, and being a lefty. I mean, okay, I, I, hear, uh, I hear you. So, yeah, did that, man, and, and got called up. Obviously, the AAA, and then my first AAA game, popped 96, how about it? And then... Yeah, you're bad. Had, like, I think I had 10 outings in AAA, I think, before I got called up. But, I mean, that was, like, the most surreal thing. So, it was, like, I got called up during the trade deadline. I get a call from Snicker, who was the manager of AAA at the time. He's like, oh, man, we got a we got a move to be made. We're going to make a move, you know. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, oh, crap, I got to get traded. I was that's what I'm thinking. There's a trade deadline. I'm like, oh, I got traded. It's kind of like, yeah, sick. 
Because everybody thinks, oh, the grass is always going to be greener on the other side, but right. sometimes Never it's not. Is. Yeah, it's pretty much brown dog shit everywhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, and then he was like, oh yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna need you to get a, catch a flight and go to Philly. And I was like, oh okay. Well, it didn't like connect to me at first. I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head like, what AAA teams are in like Philly? Like, oh wait, none. <laughs> and then find out that I get called up, and man, I was like, I was like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it because I literally was in high A like a month before that, mm-hmm. so I didn't believe it. Got called up, man, man, and me and it was me and Ryan Kelly, another grinder in this league. Ryan Kelly got he was obviously called up a couple years, like a year before me or whatever, but he was um got called back up again, and me and him went on the plane together. Got on the plane and we ended up being in the rain delay, and then we had a storm delay, so we ended up missing. We got we landed in Philly when the game was already going on. We didn't get to the field until eighth inning. We got okay. got we just ran across the field on ninth, dapped up all the guys in in the bullpen who had no idea who the hell we were because we were just some scrubs. Right. And they're and then next day I come back field and made my debut. So how'd that awesome. go? Oh, I'll say this, man. It was that it was probably it was the battle of the two worst teams in the NL. I'm pretty sure it was Philly, 2015 Phil, 2015 Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Trash versus a trash can. Right. So it was one of those games where it's like we were already down 13 to nothing or something crazy like that, and I got to get in the game, and I know I did well. I mean, I gave up. I didn't give up any of my runs per se, but I. <laughs> I gave up somebody else's runs, but that's part. Um, yeah. Wait, so who was the first person you called when you got called up? Oh, my dad, 100%. Called my dad, and my dad thought I was fucking with him. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, you didn't get called up. I was like, yeah, I got called up. And he goes, no, you didn't. I was like, all right, well, just watch TV, man, and you'll see. Tough love. Yeah. But no, I mean, they were super ecstatic. Who was Did they go to the game? No, nah, I didn't get to go to the game, but they came um, later on that year when we played in Chicago because it was like a little five-hour drive from my hometown, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Who's the first hitter you faced? I'm not going to lie, man. I brain fart. Um, do you, remember? you don't remember your – all right. Screw the first hitter. Your first strikeout in the big leagues. Who first strikeout in the big leagues is Brandon Crawford. Wow. I remember that. Wow. He's Pretty nasty. Bad. So my first real strikeout, uh, I did strike out a relief pitcher before that, but I don't count that <laughs> at all. That so was your first big my league first strikeout. big league strikeout was a relief pitcher. I what know. was his name? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I just knew the big name, dude. Like that's the whole thing to me is a blur, man. I was just there to be there. I was just there to play, man. Like I don't, I'm not one of those big guys. It's I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. I remember exactly this, 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 and this. It's like me. I'm just like, dude. Life's a journey, man. Just. It's freaking! I just go through it sometimes, you know. I'm I'm very I'm not an astute guy. I don't need to. I don't go out and like remember everything vividly. But I do remember my first like legit strikeout was Brandon Crawford, and I remember on my debut night that I faced um, Ryan Howard, bases loaded, and walked him. So that <laughs> hey, was it's better good. than a home run. Oh, it is way better than a home run. I so, can say I think I only gave up three home runs in my career. It's pretty good. So so I guess to recap, you went 2015. You went a ball. I went, yeah, A-ball. Bus crash. Bus crash. Got called to AAA. Caught, triple A. And then big leagues. And then that's, the shit. Yeah, you got shelled in the big leagues, but that's okay. We won't remember that. 
Shelled. <laughs> shelled. I mean, I got shelled one game. <laughs> no. The Braves fans, the, like, Braves fans the on Twitter year? would like to say I got shelled all the time, but I mean, that's not. If you go look at my splits and my numbers, it's yeah, just if not. You're the not case. If you're not putting up a sub one ERA, then you're getting shelled, basically. Oh, yeah. that's I mean, it's the one is the, the, the top players in the world, man. I yeah. mean, like, those guys, like, uh, the difference between AAA and the show is unreal. People always say the biggest jump in baseball is, is double A. If you double can play in double A, you can. You can no, I'm, people say it's like high to double. A. If you can, if you can do double A, then you can play in the big leagues. <laughs> Hell no, bro, dude. <laughs> I freaking put up a fucking one in double A, dude. Double A was a joke. I, the Atlantic League is ten times better than playing double A. Double A was playing. It's like you get really good players, and then you get Helen Keller's school, of the blind and death out there. Like it, sometimes it's not the best, and. I don't care if people get sensitive on that because, I mean, it's free, freedom of speech, suck it. So, um, <laughs> one of those things, man. I'm just saying, like, I mean, the, the biggest jump, to be honest with you, is double A. I mean, sorry, is triple A to the big leagues. Because in triple A, you got your salty vets that don't want to be there. And then you also then you got the young prospects that haven't really figured it out but are super close to figuring mm-hmm. it out. Super toolsy guys. Super toolsy guys. guys, but they just they haven't really like gained the consistency yeah. to be in the show at yeah. the time. Or they just have a guy in front of them mm-hmm. that that has the time and, and is going to get the job. Did you finish the season in 2015? 2015, yep. Stayed up there the whole year. And then went to spring training in 2016. Had a good spring training and went to double A. <laughs> what? Yeah, I got sent down to double A. I had a spring training, which is part. Yeah, I guess that happens. So that means I hit every level. Yeah, you really did. You played every level. So my question for you is, you know, when you got to the big leagues, was there any type of hazing that you had to go through? Any type of, any type of, uh, I don't know, any, anything that you got forced to do by some of the veteran guys? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say hazing because you know how it is, man. It's not. It's definitely not hazing. But I mean, like, I mean, you got made fun of. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to guy. They're going to take. The, you're going to take some shit. You're going to get made fun of. You're going to get ripped on. You're going. Did you have to wear like a woman's dress to the field or anything? No, I had. Um, but um, we played. It was. I think it was one of the later series in the year that we traveled to New York and we had to wear a speedo. Or speedo floaties, nose piece, swim headgear, and a shirt that said "Witness the Fitness." <laughs> just another day at the park. Just no, honestly, that's just like yeah. It's like I mean, I was like, I was sitting there going like, it's like, do we even have to wear pants? <laughs> of course. But, of course. <laughs> but uh, no, we did that, and then what's another one, man? I mean, not really hazing him. AJ right. uh, AJ Przinsky got on my old Facebook photos of me flexing and put them all over the clubhouse. I remember that. <laughs> and you can see uh, his Instagram is pretty uh, raunchy. But um, My Instagram is at Matt Marksbury. Uh, my Twitter is Sir Lefty Duro. If you want to give a follow, go ahead and get that. And if you like to look at the bottom and like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, that would be great too. Just click the bell. Um. <laughs> all right, so hey. besides the bull crap that you had to go through, what was the best city you played in? Oh man, best city. Mm. What would I say the best city is? My favorite was San Diego. I had a great time. Petco Park's beautiful park, and not only that, but you're in the gas light. Gas, is it gas lamp or gas? Gas light? lamp. Gas, gas lamp, lamp district, which was sick. Yeah, a lot of things. The weather's perfect every day. I got to go to Coronado. I got to go to the Navy SEALs base. I got to like see some of those guys train. I got to I got to like hold some guns. That's um, sick. Yeah, dude, it was a, it was a good time, man. Um, and then, but. Uh, unfortunately, in 2016, pitching in the middle of a game against Philly, where same team I, my debut against, basically same team I debuted against, same team when I got basically my career in the show ended at, the, at that time, where I 
messed up my rotator cuff and got sent down to rehab. Did you feel something tear? Oh man, I threw I threw a slider and and I felt like I pulled my lat and I was like, oh, that felt weird. But you know how you know how when your pitcher like, no, just give me the ball back. I'm gonna throw another one. Maybe maybe it'll go away. <laughs> yeah. And throw the next pitch and I, dude, it was a, a slider that like didn't do anything. It was like a dying quail just floating in there, <laughs> dude, just living a prayer, dude. And then I remember I was like, dude, I can't throw. That hurts so bad. I can't throw. So obviously the trainer came out and I was like, he's like, what's going on? And I was like, I can't throw. I'm trash. My arm hurts. And then. They chalked it up to shoulder inflammation, but it wasn't that. Finally, got an MRI. They didn't really. They couldn't really tell me. They told me it was a haggle lesion, which is like some weird thing with my shoulder capsule where my ligaments a little messed up. But next thing I know, I'm going through that, pretty stressed out. And then this is the guys where you guys want to hear the the coma story. Oh yeah, can't so, wait to hear this. This is the same year. This is the same year, dude. Same year like, during rehab. Down in Florida, super hot, middle of Florida. So you went from double-A big leagues. Double-A big leagues, big leagues rehab. To a mother-sucking coma. To a coma. Yeah, dude. Dude, and my life has been a literally what I call, I describe my life as a Venn diagram. Good, shit, and then when good and shit mix in the middle, it's good shit. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I had, some, I had, some, like I had some real poopy moments in my life, and then I've had some good moments in life, and then I had some good poopy moments in well, my life. Well, how in the heck did you get in a coma? Like, what happened? Oh, I was dealing with some stress. I mean, I'm about to get, I mean, I guess I'll get a little graphic on this bad boy. I was dealing with some stress um, in my GI tract, so like my stomach, I guess you would say, started to slow down a little bit because I was so stressed. I just got hurt. Got hurt, found out they DFA'd me, so I'm sitting there freaking out, you know, like, what am I going to do? I got DFA, cleared waivers, I'm thinking in my head, is my arm ever going to feel good again? And I'm stressing, there was a hurricane down there at the time, it was that Hurricane Harvey was hitting there, so I was a little stressed, never been through a hurricane before. Wake up the next day after the hurricane with a sty in my eye, so I had to go take some medication for the sty, so I took this medication for the sty, I couldn't go to the bathroom this whole time. Couldn't go to the bathroom, so I'm drinking coffee, taking this medication from my sty, trying to make myself go to the bathroom. Can't go to the bathroom. Freaking out because I've never been able not to go to the bathroom. Um, number two, obviously. <laughs> I'm just freaking out, stressing more about, then I'm stressing about not being able to go to the bathroom. So I finally just went to a doctor, a little GI specialist, and he basically it's like, no, nope, we don't see anything wrong here, but we want to do, do a colonoscopy on you. So they give me that fluid. I drink that fluid. What's the colonoscopy? It's How like when they it? go colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah, what do they do exactly? Like For they, our listeners who might not know, and you take it, they give you a liquid that makes you shit your brains out, and then they shove a camera up your butt, and they look through your intestines to see if you have like tumors, blockage, or like cancer or something. Man, I bet like you that. loved that, didn't you? Huh? I bet you loved that. I mean, I didn't think the cord was long enough, but <laughs> I, actually, I never got to the procedure. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, I never got to this, so, but. Uh, no, I was in my hotel room, I drank the fluid, and then next thing I know, I go to the bathroom, and then hardcore go to the bathroom. I'm talking like Hoover Dam exploding. End of world. End of like, world, like like, like I'm in Venezuela <laughs> playing winter ball, ate some lettuce, sorry about it, you're done. Yeah. And then, yeah, crap everywhere. And then I get up, and then I feel dizzy. I'm feeling dizzy, and I'm just like, dude, I don't feel right, you know? It's just one of those things where you say, oh, dude, I don't feel right. And I just remember, like, my eyes, like, fading back. Like, my eyes going, like, you know when you get tunnel vision? It was, like, tunnel vision. I was just, like, going back in my own dome. 
like in the like in that scene in Get Out where he just slides down that and he sees the chair and he just slide back is exactly what I felt like. And I just had I had enough cognitive ability to try to dial nine one one, but I couldn't because I was like my my sodium. So when I went to the bathroom, my sodium dropped so low, my organs and my brain started to shut down because obviously sodium is like a big key factor into like your bodily functions. Not only is it good on popcorn and steaks and french fries, but you need it. Right. And um, so my sodium's so low and my potassium and all these other electrolytes that literally are in the toilet right now. So I'm, I'm fading out because I'm that. So I, I run downstairs and there's a taxi driver and I was like, bro, fading out, hospital. That's all I could say. Bro, fading out, hospital, let's go. And then I remember waking up a week later and I just wake up and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I have my mom there, I have my dad there, I have a couple of my friends. I'm just like, what the fuck happened? Like, what's going on? And then they're like, yeah, you were in a coma. I was like, I was, like, I was in a coma? They're like, yeah, for a week. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, wh- wh- how? And like, because I had no recollection of anything. I don't know how. You don't remember anything. I remember taking the stuff and I remember pat, like fading out and telling the guy I'm fading out. But after that, I don't. Come to find out, I walked into the hospital myself. I don't wow. remember getting to the hospital. I walked into the hospital myself. I went in there and apparently I, they, I thought, they thought I was in like ecstasy because I went in there and I was like, I just get it, just get it out of here. And they, and then they thought I would, they thought I was just really freaked up on some drugs or some anything like that. So and the next thing I know, I guess apparently I was having seizures on the floor. I start, so the only reason they like, they first they thought I was messed up, like I said. Mm-hmm. I start having seizures on the floor, just like sitting there, like some just little piece of bacon, just. Like on the ground, you know, and then, and then uh, they, they, I guess they put me in to a coma because they wanted me to stop the um, the seizures, and right. then they kept trying to put me in this in, in the M, in the MRI machine, or the cat sorry the cat scan machine, and I kept having seizures every time they turned on the machine, so they just had to keep me in a, in a medical coma until my brain activity normaled out until they. Did you have any crazy me. dreams or any memory? Bro, thing? I was inside my body. What do you mean, like dude? I was, I was so, like, this is the trippiest part. So when I was going through that, obviously they're pumping you full of all kinds of like crazy ass and um, anesthesia stuff and like all this crap that they just put into you, obviously. And I'm sitting here like in my own body. When I mean that, I mean like I'm inside my own stomach. I'm in like this pink bubble. Like so you're full. having like a full on lucid dream. Bro, it was insane. I was like, I felt like I was being born again. It was the weird part. I felt like a baby. I was inside like a womb, but it was my own womb, my man womb. <laughs> so you didn't slip into like another no dude no i didn't i didn't have the whole like um outer body experience thing people say outer body that's why i think it was weird because i had an inner body experience which i thought was the most freaked out part about it i'm sitting there going like damn and i'm sitting there going hey man make sure to open my bible up more damn i'm like <laughs> what i didn't see no white light or anything i was like damn i'm freaked you know so um <laughs> i was like dang what's going on bro no, but not. it's my inner body. But I remember hearing voices the whole time. I remember hearing like my mom, my mom's voice and my dad's voice. And, when, and you just couldn't do anything. And I, I couldn't like, do anything. I was inside this little pink bubble inside my own body, dude, just floating around like a little cell, I guess. You know, I was a little, I was a little baby in there, dude. Um, I'm just glad I didn't die, man, because I didn't want to be reincarnated as a plant, you know, or something messed up, or be like a dog's turd or something like that. That'd be my luck. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much my pretty much my career has been a dog's turd, so that's why I figured it would be re- reincarnated as a dog's turd. All right, so obviously you came out. So what 
What's next? Come out of coma, man, and then uh, I couldn't move the right side of my you body. Play that year. Right? Oh no, no, Braves let me go home. They were nice enough to let me go home for a couple months. Like I went home. It was October when I when this all went down. Um, I came back in mid to late January. Um, but I did. I was so determined because I they didn't think I would play again. Um, my right side of my body for the longest time since my brain activity was so low, like I couldn't even lift like the right side of my body for a while. And I couldn't, for the first couple of days in the hospital, I couldn't walk. And the most degrading part about the whole situ- situation was I was shitting myself without knowing I was shitting myself. I was so messed up. I was literally shitting in the bed, <laughs> not knowing it. Having, wow. and, and you don't know what helplessness and, and loss of hope is until Another grown man wipes your ass. So obviously you can't wait. do it yourself. As in, he literally wiped my like freaking a nurse? ass. A man nurse wiped my ass. A nurse oh, I thought you might wiped have been my ass. Like... No, no, this was not a dream. Another man, grown man, wiped my butt because I couldn't do it, and I felt the whole time I'm just going, dude. I'm so sorry. Like, like I, I like I couldn't control my. Like, I didn't. I have no waking up again. I had no control over my own bodily functions for a while and it scared the absolute shit out of me literally and figuratively yeah, that is scary and i i went home and i couldn't sleep for a couple nights because i was afraid if i sleep i wasn't going to wake up man it, it messed me up it, it made me had anxiety it made me had panic attacks and it, it made me go through this like i went i turned into a little hypochondriac dude like i was literally like thinking any little thing that i never had on my body before i was freaking out i was spending so much money going to doctors and doing all this stuff because i thought i thought i was dying again had the fear of dying all the time and and, and it wasn't healthy for me so i was like i got to focus back on baseball because the only thing that's going to get my mind off anything is baseball because mm-hmm. baseball's been my release since i've been younger dealing with stress or anything baseball you're around the guys you could joke around you could talk you do whatever you want you know like it's, it's definitely a stress right, it's a nice distraction too it's definitely, definitely a nice distraction. You ever have a bad day, you come to the park, sometimes you feel a lot better. And that's, that's what was great about baseball. But I, I, I start working back into it, and I finally get back to throw again. I'm down in spring tra- or 2017, down back at spring training with the Braves, rehab camp, obviously. I'm throwing. During my throwing, um, they put me on a pretty accelerated throwing program that I wasn't ready for, and I um, end up hurting my, my delt during the rehab again. So I ended up rehearing my delt and then they just canned my ass. They just said, sorry, dude, you're out. Wow. So you they went released from big league coma. Big league coma to see a dude. Good luck trying to find a job. And right, you know, who's going to want to sign that? Who's going to want to, who's going to want to sign a guy that just got out of a coma and his arms and his shoulder, not an elbow, a shoulder is messed up. So I just didn't get the opportunity. Like, um, obviously. And then I went and played, um, finally got healthy, man. And I went and played a little bit in 2017, at the end of 2017, basically. So late, late, late 2017. So all of... I was out 2017, the whole season, and then late 2017, I think. It could be, yeah. Wait, sure. then you signed with the Somerset Patriots for a split second? No, yeah, I signed for the Somerset Patriots for a split second. They released me before I even threw a pitch in a game. <laughs> So I was just like, dang, this, this is how my career is going to go out, dude. Went from big leagues to can't even get it on any ball team, bro. So I was like, oh, man, this, this sucks, you know, just whatever. Yeah. Then can and then a guy, a coach for the Can-Am League for the Quebec Capitales signed me, and I went there, played, and played well. And then, boom, needed to know I needed to play more. Hit up Peter Moylan that I played with the Atlanta Braves. Asked him, hey, man, can I get a – is there any way you can get me a job somewhere? And he hooked me up with the Melbourne Aces, and that's where I met you, Mr. Schumann. Uh, Down, good old, yeah. good old holes for winter ball, man. Winter ball, dude, a great time, man. 
I just remember walking up and I'm seeing this goober with a man bun on these tats and top stickers. Wouldn't shut the hell up. But no. for some reason, I knew I was going to like this guy. That's why I get this the vibe I give off, man. You're either going to think I'm a big douche or you're going to like me a lot. And then sometimes I'm just a big douche, but I'm a lovable douche. So. I, I, I completely agree. And that's why I was like, I, take, I remember texting Ross and I said, hey, man. Check out this guy, Mark Sperry. We got to get him here. It'd be a great fit for us. And luckily, he ended up coming. So, and here we are, man. Now, yeah, we're here, brother. We're here. We're here. You got so last year we were together all. We season. were a whole season until you went to go play in uh, south of the border. Yeah. And you, yeah, but I'm. But what, so what, what happened to you? Where did you go after uh, Lancaster? last so year? So after Lancaster last year, I wanted to play more, obviously, because I want. Because obviously, you got to play to get signed. So I went to Puerto Rico and played for the Mayaguays Indios, and um, I had a good, I had a pretty good season. I think. How I, was that league, by the way? Honestly, I would say it's like double, double A, upper double A talent. Like I mean, it wasn't like there. You got some big leaguers down there, but I John, mean, did you ever play there? Played there in 2014. I was in Carolina. Um, right outside of San Juan. Yeah, uh, that was my first taste of winter ball. And I loved it there. Puerto Rico's awesome, man. Really, the first time I've ever left the country. So Honestly, even after the hurricane, dude, I mean, super I've seen pictures. It looks like the whole country's devastated. Yeah, I was there before the hurricane. Super, super resilient people. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I've never seen a, like a group of people that like didn't seem like a phase of man. He, like, I mean, obviously stuff was still messed up down there, but like these. Oh man, these. These people are resilient, man. Yeah. And they, their faith in God and their just their trust and that everything's going to be all right. It was it was amazing to me, honestly. Just the, the well, stuff how's the culture there, like? Food, the music. food. I mean, it's pretty Americanized, dude. Obviously, I mean, like, yeah. There's a lot of like. I think my first meal when I got there, I went to uh, Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> went to Denny's, got me a little americano, dude. You know, a little okay. bacon, okay. egg, a little bacon egg. Nice. Um, but no, I love the food down there. They had like mufango. They had um, you know all kinds of like their little dishes down there. Man. But I mean, let's be honest. It's it's no Melbourne, Australia. No, me. Melbourne, Australia is probably the best one of the best experiences I had in my whole entire life. To be honest, with you. when it comes to like playing baseball and having fun, like when it came down to like we only played four days a week, and then the other four, and the other couple of days, three days a week, we were out there just me and me and Schumann were drinking espressos. Killing dance clubs sober, so I mean we were just getting after <laughs> hammering Gatorades, hammering man. Gatorades and drinking espressos. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty, pretty valiant to see your resiliency and coming back from everything you've gone through, being able to still throw baseball for a living. That's impressive, you know. After going through a coma, I think most guys would give up after that. Let alone a shoulder injury, too. Dude, tell, you, know, you know how many times that I thought in, in these last couple of years of my life, I was just like, dude, what am I doing this for? Like, why, why, why? Like, you know, you always ask yourself, like, like, like the other day when we went to uh, the Easter service, where it's like, sometimes you just ask yourself, God, why? And I went through that moment multiple times where I was like, give me, like, why does this stuff keep happening to me? Why do I, why am I getting fired right now when I was doing so well? Why did you, why did my arm get hurt? Why did I go into a coma? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody yeah. just ask yourself why, and then I just, I'm just thankful to be alive, number one, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity that I have just to play baseball. And I don't, and if I never make it back, that's fine. But I don't want to look back at my life and my career and being like, I could have done it and I didn't even try. I just gave right. up. And I'm not that kind of guy. My parents didn't raise me to be a quitter. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that quit. I might give off the personality like sometimes I don't care and I don't do, but I care 100. Yeah. percent I care so much. Do you think your these life experiences, especially with baseball, has had like a huge effect on your faith? 
Um, I'll say yeah. Um, the experiences I went through have, have drawn me um, closer. Obviously, I don't profess to be the best Christian in the world because I'm I mean, there's I'm, no I'm, such thing. 100. percent I'm a very flawed guy. But like I will say, going through my experiences and doing what I've what I've been through and and everything has brought me um, a little bit closer to realizing that obviously there is a higher power for me, and then obviously there's a purpose for me. What I what that purpose is yet I don't know yet, and I'm hoping a door somewhere opens up that shines a light down on what I need to be doing or what I should be doing. But right now, well, I mean, I, you almost had the door bust open, right? You got invited to spring training. Yeah, I got invited to spring training with the Diamondbacks, man, and and. Um, Good organization. I for sure good thought you were going to make the team. Me well, and John were talking um, like, I thought yeah. I thought I would at least make AAA, hundred yeah. percent. But I mean, things didn't work out. So, that's fine. That's part of baseball. How, how did how did you signing with Diamondbacks come to fruition? Oh, um, I had a, there's a scout that saw me playing down in Puerto Rico, and I guess he thought I had the stuff to make it, and how he signed me. Were you throwing? Oh, oof. I was 91, 94, hitting some fives down there. Um, I had a game though, one random game. You know, like the immaculate game, where I was sitting ninety five, ninety eight. I don't know where that went. <laughs> it's in me still, but it's I don't know there. where it went. I mean, I'm going through. A I mean, you bit didn't of, give up a run all. Winter. I didn't. I mean, that's something. And that's seventeen and innings. That, you know, honestly, and, that, and I think it was eighteen. I, Eight, I can't oh, remember. Sorry. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, something like that. I can't remember. I'll be honest with you, but it was a lot. But I got absolutely shelled in playoffs. By the way, <laughs> got. Oh. Playoffs is a different beast. Well, yeah, I know, That's I why know, they I know, separate but, um, playoff stats from but, um, season right, stats. Right, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's what's weird. That's what's weird about the game nowadays, man. Sometimes it's not even about like getting outs anymore. It's about sometimes, oh, we just want guys that throw hard. We want guys that have spin rate and throw hard. Um, and, and, and I feel like baseball is getting away from the fact that it's about getting three outs. It's about getting 27 outs for a game. And it's not about throwing 110. It's about getting outs. Amen. And you can get outs throwing 100. You can get outs throwing 90. You can get outs throwing 85. As long as you get outs, you get outs. And that, and because and, and, I've had I had multiple scouts tell me when I was down in Puerto Rico, I didn't strike out strike out enough guys. When I had like I gave up like four hits in eighteen innings, four like like four or six, I can't remember mm-hmm. how many hits I gave up, but I gave up barely any hits. And they were like, you just don't have enough strikeouts. And it's like, I have a zero ERA, yeah. bro. Like, obviously, I can get out. Yeah. But baseball's gone so far from getting out. It's like, you guys all had good ERAs last year, and you couldn't. Get, and, and none of us got out of here. It's, it's one of those weird things where baseball's one of those games now. It's all about who throws the hardest, and that's about it. But you're also seeing all these hitters that are just shellacking balls that are going at 95 yeah. to 100. The game's I mean, changed. Yeah, John, you went through for the Brewers this spring, yeah. right? And what do they tell you? They told me I wasn't throwing hard enough, but like, look, look at this. I I noticed the game was starting to change the last two years I've been here in the Atlantic League, mm-hmm. and I devoted myself to throwing harder. You know how I did it? I ate like a motherfucker. Okay. I crushed food. I, I've put on probably about 25 pounds in the last two years. Diabetes. And <laughs> I bought into mass is gas. Like there's there's this whole theory that if you you get bigger, fatter, stronger, whatever, you just put on more weight, you'll throw harder. And I fatter, stronger. <laughs> the total opposite of what Mark's brain does. <laughs> yeah. There's, so I I actually put on a decent amount of weight and I did throw harder. I mean I was getting up into the mid nineties, but you know like I became a fat piece of shit. I was so unathletic. That's part of it. I yeah. couldn't go deep in the games. I tried becoming a starter, and but you I had was the exhausted. ultimate dad bod, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I was exhausted, like 50, 60 pitches in the game, and, and now I'm realizing, like, look, I can't be an athlete and and try to act that way. It's just impossible. I, I you just, told I, me you told me you went to the 
uh, Mariners, what is it, Mariners? Uh, Brewers. Brewers. Brewers, yeah. And uh, basically, what, pinpointed every one of your pitches in a bullpen, yeah. and, they, and what did they tell you? Yeah, so the Brewers invited me out for a, a little tryout. Um, I knew about a week and a half beforehand, um, and I hadn't been throwing. This was in, I want to say, uh, sometime in January. Um, hadn't started throwing it because I just wasn't expecting to, to get a call like that. Right, and um, you've been playing all winter, so yeah, now's the so, time to rest. So I, I was in Australia. I took some time off. I had a little honeymoon vacation with my wife, and I get this call that, hey, we want you to come throw for us. So I had a couple days to get ready. I go there. I throw 30, 35 pitches to them. They're really impressed. I mean, I I spotted up everything. I was actually pretty stoked. You nasty. I was like, I had a, I yeah, had, you were, that sounds like you were really nasty. Yeah, I you thought I had a legitimate shot because there was only four or five other guys there. I was like, all right, I can do this. Like, There's no way that these guys are throwing harder than me. I was topping out at like 90, 91 miles per hour. Okay, but it's in the bullpen at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you can. Well, most pitchers are drilling, guys, man. I don't understand like what, what organizations sometimes yeah. when they go, oh, I want you to throw a bullpen. If you want, if you want to see somebody at their fullest like potential, you got you got to throw them in yeah. front of hitters because you're not gonna. I don't, I don't throw hard in bullpens at all, man. Yeah. No, not a lot of people. There's a rare few baseball players that I know that can, and some of them throw harder in bullpens than they do in games. Yeah. Most most pitchers are drilling base, man. You got to have that hitter. Sometimes that hitter is all you yeah. need to come up and throw three to five harder. Yeah, and it's it, it really is a switch, you know. When you put a batter and an umpire and a catcher back there, you know it, it, it just, means something. It, yeah, and. It's, and and you're able just to kind of flip a switch and turn it on. You know, I'm I know I'm that way. Um, you know, I, I've seen it for the last two three years. Yeah, like I'd say most pitchers on our team are that way. You can't just expect to go into a bullpen and light it up. No, not at all. I'm right trash in front the bullpen, bro. Like, yeah, unless I want to take a couple crow hops and throw as hard as I can, I'm not going to hit 95 miles per hour. It's not going to happen. What, what did the Brewers tell you that you weren't throwing hard enough? Well, I mean, they were looking for some other stuff, but I mean, I I thank them for them inviting me out. It, it gave me some kind of perspective right, of on where I need to be um, and what teams are looking for because I haven't had any direct conversations with really any MLB organizations in the last two years. So I'm starting to understand what most teams are looking for now. They want hard throwers. They want 95 plus yeah. at the least. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we were talking about, how the games change, where it's sometimes it's not even about getting the three outs, man. I mean, there's a lot of guys that should be in the MLB that don't throw. I'm not even saying like me or any of us, but we obviously we're good enough to be. But I'm saying – there's guys that are in this league. There's guys that are in the minor leagues that are just going to never get the opportunity because they're not throwing 95, considering that they would probably go up there and, and help teams win. What we're all saying is everybody's looking for 95-plus, but then I turn on the TV and the only two guys who are throwing hard are maybe the front-line starter, the eighth and the ninth inning guy. Yeah. The bridge guys from five to seven are... 90, 93, or four. Exactly, but that's, that's, that's what the messed up part is. Is like, but those guys are probably like four or five year yeah. veterans that are. Oh, there. we're just we're they gonna be in there. We're, we know you can do it, kind of thing. And okay, then, but the analytical side of it says that anybody can do that. Oh, 100 percent. But it's it's it's, all, it's obviously sometimes if the like, why do they choose you. them? Because I mean, if you're if you're a good guy and you're an organizational guy and they like you, you're gonna get an opportunity, man. And that's why you gotta I be. Think, um, it happens to be good. It's good to be a good guy in baseball. What I'm saying is, is like both of you guys are low to mid 90s. Both of you guys are tremendous locker room guys, but yet you can't even get a spring training invite. You get cut from spring training after not giving up a run all winter. And I'm just sitting looking at myself like, what do you have to do? All right. 
feel like games change, man. I don't know, man. And honestly, you just got to be thankful. I'm I'm very thankful for the opportunity that the Diamondbacks gave me to do it. I mean, granted, it was. I came in with a little dead arm, and I wasn't throwing. So I was, I was 88, 90, 90, 91, I think. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was 88, 90 most of the time in, in spring training. And, and they obviously signed me at 91, 95, and I wasn't at where I was supposed to be at. But, I mean, I look at it from the side of, hey, man, I've been throwing all year round for two years. Like, I'm, give me if you give me an opportunity, man, you know, like my dead arm goes away. But I understand what they were talking about, and I understand that, and I thank them for the opportunity. But you just got to come back and keep grinding. So it was, all that did was add fuel to my fire, man. Like, like I know I got it in me, bro. So I know I'm going to give myself the shot. I'm going to try to keep playing until I, I, I can't throw hard anymore or, like, what, what I consider hard. So if I'm as soon as I start hitting under 88, I'm like, I'm outie, bro. I think uh, <laughs> I think on the, on the other side of the coin, I think organizations value velocity because it's something harder to teach, you know? It's harder to, to gain velocity than it is to gain – uh, better mechanics or being able to locate a certain pitch. So I think velocity, that's what, you know, scouts look for in the draft. They look for projectable arms, guys, high school guys that are 95, 96, 97 miles Yeah, per and those same guys blow out within <laughs> two or three years. I'm that's what's crazy. People... Go look at the injury rates, man. They're going to skyrocket. Yeah. And if you move the mound back two feet, those injury rates that are pretty high right now are going to be even astronomically higher. Yeah, I, I I don't know if we can be critical on the mound changes yet, just because we don't even know if we're going to be friggin' here next year. Oh well, no, I mean you can't be critical, but you're allowed to. You, I think we should be able to voice our opinion on it, and I, I just don't understand how that's going to help the game. I understand the other rules. The other rules aren't, aren't like insane. I think those are pretty good rules. Like hey, yeah. having a reliever come in and face three batters, okay, that's reasonable. But I mean, if you're, if we're talking about just speeding the game up, man, what's what's I'm telling you the about? best rule they can change? Make the beer prices way yeah. cheaper. If you make, yes, if you make concession prices t- cheaper and <laughs> get everybody hammered at the games. Oh, That's what 100%. people go to baseball baseball games for. Have you ever been to a to NASCAR have a release? Race? People have go you ever been to a NASCAR fun. race. No, no, never. Oh my gosh. No, I haven't. I mean, I'm not I haven't. I haven't either. Your doctor left better than you. <laughs> my friends have gone to Talladega where you can bring your coolers in. Oh, that would be sick, though. And it is a crap show. Yeah. Baseball is more inviting yeah. to a tailgate atmosphere. I feel like it, See, I, it would I grew up, up in Oakland, and the A's they weren't that great of a team. Um, you know, they had they had a nice little run of of wins, like in the late '90s, early 2000s. But I used to go with my dad, and my brother, all the time, and there'd always be people just getting after in the parking lot. And I went to a game probably about uh, three or four years ago, and it's just like, okay, everybody shows up to the game at 6:50 for a seven o'clock game, and just goes in, and then it's just like. What happened to that atmosphere with baseball? You know, like, it, it used to be a, a fun place where you could take your whole family, get a couple tickets, get some hot dogs, popcorn, whatever, and it wouldn't it wouldn't cost an arm and a leg. But I know it's like, it's like 150 bucks for a ticket, you know, like in the second deck, you go to any stadium. So I think if, if they can bring the fans back in a different way, I think obviously beer prices would be number one for me. They they need to make it a party, man. Yeah, like, and and I think you give access fan you give fans access to the players a little bit more. Like kids, what do they love? They love Fortnite. Like love video games. Like players love playing Fortnite too. I know that for sure. Drinks. Yeah, like get, get them like playing video games on on the big screen or something. I don't know. Like there's got to be other ways to get fans in the seats. I mean, I mean, I'm going to say that when you start messing with with the uh, the schemes and how coaches can coach yeah. their teams yeah. 
or play the game, yeah. then you're screwing around with the wrong thing. Can That's you, not going to help if they bring did that in fans football? to the game. Can you imagine if they told people that they couldn't run they that they couldn't run certain plays like they could oh yeah in fourth quarter you guys can't run hail marys anymore yeah like I mean you can't just you can't, I mean I understand the whole like the game hasn't changed in a hundred years and it doesn't need to change all right the the way you run things outside the game maybe needs to change if you want people to show up oh I agree I mean I would a hundred percent agree to do that like. One thing you need to do is you need to make it more affordable to come to a game. A family of five doesn't want to go spend four hundred dollars for a weekend when they can when they can order a pizza and get a six pack at home and then watch the game on TV. Dude, not to mention there's uh, one hundred and forty games. Yeah, like one hundred sixty. One hundred sixty games. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I guess it's, it, just look how the NBA markets it, man. The NBA like markets it pretty damn yeah. good, man. And they obviously have fifty something games. I'm not saying like shortened seasons, but I mean you can knock you can knock off a month. And then guess what? Playoffs aren't going to be in the freezing cold. I'm not a specialist on it. I just know I don't like change as far as it comes to I mean, the, I, baseball. I know you think we were automatically thinking in our head, like, this, this, okay, what's going on? Why are yeah. they doing this? All this yeah. stuff. But change it, sucks. I mean, change does suck. But, I mean, sometimes I guess we just got to go with it. And, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not a big guy to, like, be like, let's go, yeah, let's go all in. But they're not doing it this year. And they're not doing it until the second half next year, apparently. So it's one of those things where it's, I'm gonna wait and to see, and I might I might go home this off season and throw back at see, just see how I feel. Just see. What well, like. if they're gonna do it next year, which they have already confirmed that they are. Yeah, that, I, mean, I, th- I feel like they have a method behind their madness. They know what they're doing, uh, to some extent, and well, uh, moving the mound back. Is I mean, not we we touched on last like episode. Like they <laughs> want they want to be able to see the data between first half, second half. They want to see what's gonna happen. About life after baseball. Oh man, I don't you even thought know. about that. I might go back to college. You know, finish my degree out in Homeland Security counterterrorism. Okay. Pretty, pretty def- out there field, but I like it. Very interesting to me. I hope I get an opportunity. I hope some team finds my worth and knows that I can compete at a high level and I can get outs in the big leagues and whatever. And um, you know, I mean, but if, if it doesn't work out, man, it doesn't work out. And guess what? I'll go. I'll go do. Just like some of the rock bands, man, I'll do my ending career tour uh, out in Europe. So, <laughs> dude, I'm so. I, I'll give my uh, last raw shout out tour in Europe. So, right. Um, but no, man, you know, I don't know. I haven't thought about that far. I'm, you know, I'm, I've told you guys this before. Um, I'm not a big plan ahead guy, mm-hmm. as you guys know, and I don't like planning ahead. I like uh, any opportunity. I'm very thankful for every opportunity I get and every opportunity I will get. I'm very thankful for the Atlanta Braves for giving me the opportunity they gave me to make it to the big leagues and all that stuff. I'm very thankful for the Arizona Diamondbacks for giving me the opportunity. And I'm at, but but at the end of the day, I obviously want to be in the show and I'm gonna bust my butt to be back on the show. But guess what? If it's not in the cards, it's not in the cards. And then who knows, man? I might be a higher shoeman as my personal assistant, and we'll go around <laughs> Europe and we'll make uh, French teams great again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't I'm know. I, don't, I never really thought about it. What about you guys? Have you guys ever really put thought no. about what you're going to do? I, I live kind of by the same motto. I, just, I don't plan far ahead at all. I'm a one day at a time guy. Um, I think you guys should oh, somewhat in the back oh, of your yeah, mind. Of course. Oh, you, I, I, uh, your plan is <laughs> two years from now, I'm rooftop cocky, downtown New York City <laughs> with my $400,000 apartment and my... Ten girl that swiped right on Bumble, and she's gonna be fire. And then we're gonna have dude, five dude, hold children. On, hold, on, hold on, and they're gonna it's be not Bumble. It's Hinge. Hinge, sorry. Yeah. And we're gonna have five children, and we're all gonna have Escalades, and we're all gonna roll around downtown having rooftop coffee. <laughs> What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, that sounds like a great plan. To be honest okay. with you. 
I mean, in two years, that's exactly what he's doing. Oh, he's 100%. 100%. Scott Schumann is 100% New York City yeah. rooftop coffee. City. Or, or Melbourne. I don't know, I don't man. know. Dude, you, you, think you, you think you're Europe? You don't have the commitment are you sorry, are to you live Europe? America yeah. behind for the rest of your life. No, nah, I'm too... I love America too much. I couldn't move I love to Europe. I don't know. Well... To, I could totally probably see myself living in Australia, though, to be honest with you. So I wouldn't mind doing it for a year. I, I would just live in Australia just for the avocado toast. <laughs> I crushed that. My whole, my whole diet. The poje, no? <laughs> that was probably like my main staple down there was just caffeine and avocado toast. Dude, Scott, do you remember when I went through that weird phase where I went vegan for two weeks? Yeah, I know. I didn't hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's, it's not a choice. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> It's a lifestyle change, bro. You don't Can like you vegan guys. As an athlete, on a, as a vegan, bro. I don't know. Like, if you if you ever like look at like vegan bodybuilders, their whole day is eating, and they're just they're literally eating leaves. And did it to be a beast? You have to eat a beast. Prince so, Fielder did it, right? Prince Fielder lost like seventy pounds doing it. You no, you. But the while thing, he was playing, or yeah. the weird thing yeah, about eating vegan is I, I don't season. feel like you lose weight eating vegan because yeah. all you're eating is carbs. Yeah. And all you're eating is carbs and sugar because, let's be honest, everything vegan tastes like shit. <laughs> you ever had a vegan cookie? Oh, hell no, dude. I'd rather eat, like, an Oreo dipped in poop. <laughs> like, <laughs> vegan cookies are trash, bro. It's like it's literally like people are like, oh, I just want to eat vegan today. And you're going to be like, okay, well, how are you going to do that? Like, I'm just going to go in this trash can and pull something out. <laughs> That's what it seems like. No, I, vegan food is nasty. Now, there's some for me personally. I'm not yeah. saying... I'm not making fun of vegans per se, but I'm making fun of the fact that they. Anytime you see a vegan, they tell you, they let you know they're vegan. You're like, hey, how are you doing today? I'm vegan. I'm good. <laughs> like, like the CrossFit people. Yeah, CrossFit. CrossFit's a cult. Hundred percent. Have you ever done CrossFit? Uh, um. Actually, kinda, I should just I mean, check I your Instagram and probably show what kind of workout you do. Nah, bro, stop hating on my gram, dude. But yeah, if you guys want to see shirtless pic of a pretty good bob, yeah, I'm on the gram. Bro. <laughs> Hey man, I, mean, I got a hustle, dude. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like expand my brand, do a little bit, you know, I'm trying to get a little right. workout fitness. Well, well, let's jump into that. So, like, what's the point of all these like half naked pigs and showing yourself working out? Um, because I'm sponsored by a supplement company. First, I say first off for the people that actually don't know what you look like, could you give a little description of uh, your attire and and your daily appearance? Um, I'm pretty much a jeans, t-shirt guy, <laughs> man bun, man bun, um, tatted up. Big nose. Yeah, you're so new age. I'm so new age, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty much like the most conservative hipster you've ever seen in your life, but without being hipster. That's what I was going I, for. I look. I very much look like a m- typical millennial until you hear me talk, and then you're like, "Damn, yeah, I didn't so expect to be like that." Make America great again. Yes. Do you love Trump or no? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a stout conservative. I have my views and my beliefs and all that. It's a yes or no question. Yes or no. Um, I, you didn't invite me on this show to make me do yes or no questions. <laughs> yeah, I voted for Trump. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say I love it. it. I'm a staunch conservative. Do I agree with everything that dude says? No. But do I think he's detrimental to the country? Honestly, I really don't think so. I think that this political scene has been so polarized lately that that they turned it into a weird thing and then they make it and, oh it's left and right but it's honestly like it's not about that it's just too political nowadays like I think that it feels like it's good versus evil sometimes but it it's almost like it doesn't matter who you vote for you're gonna lose and when I say that I mean no political party cares about you as the American people most people just want power in general and I, I would run myself more as an independent 
Okay. I, I believe that there's there's a lot of liberal views that I love, and there's a lot of conservative views I love. I would say I'm more in my depth, and I've told you guys this before. I'm more socially liberal when it comes to some things, and I'm more fiscally money wise spent to from the nation conservative. Yeah. When it comes down to um, stuff that I believe in, like I'm not a by I, I do not like socialism and I do not like communism. I think they're the most detrimental evil plans ever to be brought upon this earth. And, and you know, I mean, it's one of those things. I came out here to talk some baseball, though, so, I mean, we can. <laughs> what are you scared of? I'm politics? not scared, man. It's just, you know, it's a, you get this SJW warriors coming on here. You want to, like, bring down your career, and they're going to, like, look at you. Oh, do you remember that one time 45 years ago where he said the word turd, and now we have turd people out here? and we don't know. Like he was making. Yeah. What do you live in San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> all right. But I want to get. Hey, yeah, did you ever see the thing? The map. Somebody made a map the other day of all the places that homeless people pooped on the ground in San Francisco, and it's yeah. literally the whole city. <laughs> the whole city is just covered in poop dots. So you gotta check it out. No, seriously, check it out. It's on Google. All right. I want to get back to your workout routine and like crushing all it. your your Instagram is just you working out, throwing noise, and just crushing the gym. Like, what's your philosophy? I'm not a big guy. I'm I'm six one, 185 pounds. I've never been a big guy, so I, I've never had the luxury of of the mass is gas. When you said that earlier, I 100 percent agree with you. But I I think it's more how you move that mass. Because mm-hmm. if you can you gain weight, if you gain weight and all that stuff, because you're like mass is gas, but you don't know how to functionally move that weight at a rapid speed. That the the weight's not going to help. Oh yeah, you ever seen a fat guy try to run? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not great. I play baseball, bro. I've seen that plenty <laughs> of times. Um, no, I'm, I'm I like working out heavy. I feel like for me, for me personally, working out heavy, heavy bench, heavy squat, hand cleans, power cleans, lifting heavy is one of those things for me that's just, it just helps me with my career. Yeah. Number one for recovery. Number two for the older we get, the more stimulus you got to put on your body. And I can go on for this for fucking hours, man. I think the older you get, you got to add a stimulus to your body. Even if that stimulus is mobility, if that stimulus is I'm going to go out there and sprint train, if that stimulus is I'm going to go out there and fucking lift the house and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whatever thing, whatever, whatever you can do to further along and prolong your career, do it. I don't care if you're doing hot yoga. I don't care if you're eating vegan. I don't care if you're doing driveline. I don't care if you're doing top velocity. I don't care if you're throwing watermelons off a roof. I don't care if you're throwing pies at a clown's face. You just do whatever you can do to advance your career, do it. And I think that's one of the things you do. I mean, I know you don't like the whole, uh, I know Schumann's not a big, hey, lift what you want to lift kind of guy, but sometimes you got to. Certain type of lifts with movements and explosiveness, but also trying to get heavy. And I do, I just started doing yoga, and I think that's helped me tremendously as far as like staying healthy throughout the whole not season. Not about you either. Yeah, sure. Uh, you sure? What do you mean? Oh, oh well, you getting a little bashful now, bro? No, dude. I'm just saying, I'm not looking about anybody. I'm... I'm just like focused on my stretching and trying to get my movements good and trying to knock down the love handles. Yes. Okay, I do have big love handles and that's genetics, so gene- back off. It's genetic, bro. Leave me alone. No, yeah, I dude. get it, man. I mean we all have our flaws. I have a nose that's the size of a freaking car, so I get it, man. Wait, so my love handles are a flaw? Um whatever helps you be beautiful inside is better than what's <laughs> beauty on the outside. So rest in peace, my sweet angel. That was an interesting story from your whole life and what you believe and where you're I believe in a lot of things, stuff. man. I'm, I'm, I'm like a mood ring sometimes, though. I'm like, I, I'm ever-changing. 
Every, Dude, I'm just glad you came on. Every we've been, we promised our viewers last year that you'd be coming on. Dude, well, I hope the guy your viewers don't pay for a subscription because they're getting one podcast a year from it. I mean, <laughs> dude, the subscription would be two cents, twenty five yeah. cents. I got a question for you. What What do you think is the best way to gain velocity? Um, you know, there, I, I feel like that's kind of a multifaceted question. I, I think there's a lot of different ways people answer it, but in, in your eyes, what do you think is the best um, way? In my eyes, personally, um, I I'm a firm believer there's no cookie cutter way, man. Some somebody might do drive line and it works. Mm. Somebody might do top velocity and it works. Some guys might go out there and long toss all the time and it works. Um, yeah. But I just believe personally in having a strong base and core. My belief is, as soon as you have a strong base and core, you can build off that. You know, I like. I think every now and then going out when you throw during the off season to throw with intent, meaning to maximize your effort of throwing. To throw hard, you got to throw hard. Is a firm belief in that. And I believe that going out there and letting it eat every now and then is going to help you gain velocity. Um, well, I, I think we both heard the same David Price quote, and he said, I throw hard because I throw hard. hard. Yeah. I believe that. I do believe that. Now, obviously, with all this new technology came out with the motor sleeve and all these things where they could test your stress on your arm and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're showing that sometimes throwing at max effort all the time, warming up and all this, is not the best thing. But for some guys, it is. Some guys need to be that. Now, it's different as a bullpen guy compared to a starter. Um, I've done both. You've done both. Johnny's done, done both. You know that as a reliever, you got to be ready to go out there and rip it every day. So you kind of kind of you got to train like that. So every now and then, my in my thing, I try to. I mean, I don't always go blow out like you know, just like 100 hundred percent. But I mean, I'm like 80, 90 almost every day because I mean, it's one of those things for me. It's more injury prevention. If you train a muscle to go at a certain speed in a, in a certain way, if your muscle is going to have muscle memory and it's going to remember that pattern and it's going to know, okay, they're going this fast, this hard is okay. Now, if you're if you're lightly tossing all the time and you're always lightly tossing, injury rate's probably going to go up even when you start letting it eat because your muscles aren't used to that. Because right. so you're developing type one muscle fibers compared to type two, so that's what I believe. I so believe, it's almost like running long distance, and all of a sudden, yes, and then you trying to start doing sprints, and you might pull a hammy because right. your body's not used to the faster pace and the shorter distance. Right, I agree with that. Yeah. So I think that you got to train yourself sometimes to go with the stresses. And I believe throwing hard to throw hard trains your body to deal with stress. I mean, you're a fitness guru. I, I listen to a lot of things you say, but like you said, there is no cookie cutter no, way. Everybody's I, different, bro. I totally agree with you on that one. But again, if you're going to th- throw harder, you want to throw harder. If I want to get stronger, I got to lift more weight. If I want to throw mm-hmm. harder, I got to start throwing with more intensity or exactly or, harder, I guess. Yeah. Or sometimes people, like I said, some people like to do the weighted implement object. You know, take a weighted object and implement it to your workout to like get more range of motion and stuff like right. that. Or, or maybe I weigh 185 pounds and you need I to eat some spaghetti. I get it. Like I, I mean, need more carbs. carbs. Mass I mean, equals gas. Mass equals gas. 100. percent Like, but it's just when people say that, it's just like it makes me go, yeah, it's it's mass equals gas, but it's how you move that weight. If you move that mass at a slow rate of speed, it's like if you got two cars that are 2,000 pounds, one's going 25 miles an hour and one's going two, what's going to do more damage? Hmm. The, the heavy car going faster. Right. So if you can move that weight down the mound in an athletic, quick way, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll. I think you'll throw harder. 
But if you gain, so a lot, do you think you would be more along? I, I don't. With if, the I, if I gain system weight, or what? No, I, I mean I don't. Like I said, I don't know. I've never. I've. Do, I, I like doing the drive line plyo carries, but I also like Olympic weightlifting to help me too because I trained a little bit at top velocity. Um, like I said, but I am not willing to put myself. I am not the guy that would put myself in a box and be like, "This is the only training I'll ever do. Mm-hmm. This is the only way I'll do it." I'm a, I'm very open when it comes to new training techniques and new lifting styles, or any any style when it comes to like throwing mechanics or something. All right. Like that. So if driveline is known for the weighted balls, what is top velocity known for? They use medicine balls to and, and more biomechanics and more like using your body instead of throwing a weighted object kind of thing. They're more of using your body and using your lower part of your body to throw hard compared to using your arm. So I, I mean, but, but uh, it's a like it, it's a chain. So I think if you have strong legs and you have good mechanics and good biomechanics with lower body, and then you also have a strong arm, I think it's a win-win. I think you can honestly implement both programs at the same time and have pretty good results. But it's just like I said, it's not cookie cutter, man. Everybody can do what they want to do. Like, right. There's probably dudes out there like my favorite thing I heard was Bartello Cologne would go out and throw coconuts, man. Dude would throw coconuts against a wall or something like that, mm-hmm. and the dude threw cheese at the beginning of his career. So it's like, it's one of the things. He, he's got like a 21 year career, or maybe even more. So it's like yeah, he's played a long time. There's people do weird things all the time. Like I mean, there's like there's that Marshall guy that did throwing where he threw in a weird way too. Like I mean, there's a lot of guys that do different things. I did the driveline eight week generic program. Yeah, and I felt my shoulder get stronger, and but I don't know. I just didn't see a difference. I didn't get weaker by anything. If anything, my arm felt better on a consistent basis. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I don't. I didn't get any miles per hour. I think with programs like like those programs, you have to immerse yourself in it. Like you have to like go hundred percent. You have to be have like super dedicated to like see games that you want to see. So like my thing is is like if you're gonna go train it somewhere, if you want to do a program with somebody's program, I feel like going to that facility and actually training at that facility might be better than just doing an online program. Because well, an online can, program, you don't really. Know, I mean, like you can mess it up pretty quick. What about do you think the weight training could be some? John, I know you go see Cressy mm-hmm. right in West Palm. Mm-hmm. Eric's really big on functional movements. I'm pretty lazy when it comes to working out, and he likes to kick my ass. So I'm the type of guy where I need motivation to go. I need somebody pushing me, and I feel like that really takes me to the next level. When I can go through a workout and somebody's pushing me hard, then I really feel it. And What are his, like, I don't know, workouts that are driving people to, like, go see him from all over the world? Um, I, I think what, what makes him great is the – players that actually go see him he's got scherzer he's got kluber he's got guys like blake trinan who's probably the nastiest pitcher in baseball in my opinion he's filthy dirty Um, and syndergaard right yeah and syndergaard and a bunch bunch of other big name guys it's easy to get yeah when you got names like that going to facility it's pretty easy to get the guy is just so dang smart Mm -hmm. he knows how the body moves i mean he's a biomechanics major and just knows everything he he can look at your back and tell you exactly what's wrong with you any type of issues you're having with with your throwing. The one thing I really took away, I trained with him for about two months. The one thing I, I really took away from him is to make sure that you have proper footwork when you're playing catch. It's something I've never really thought about. Like, if you try to mimic how you pitch while you're playing catch, then you will take it directly to the mound. And Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I love that. But, I mean, nobody does that. Everybody, when I mean, you're just playing catch, you know, when you're warming up and stuff, you're just fucking around, just flipping the ball around. Right. But if you actually take your catch seriously, it'll translate to you in the game. 
Yeah, I go see this guy named uh, Dom Johnson out in Poway, California. And I went and saw him in 2013. Yeah. And, dude, any time I play catch, yeah. it's I'm dissecting every throw, trying yeah. to focus on certain things. I'm not just out there yeah. and move my arm, like yeah. you said. I think that's uh, got to wrap it up. John, you got anything else? I think that's good chat. I mean... You're here for your second year in Lancaster. I mean, uh, we're all here. Lancaster. Together. I mean, Lancaster. Lancaster. Kiss your sister. Lancaster. Kiss your sister, Lancaster. I mean, just happy to have you back. You're you're one of the best guys I've had as a teammate, and this is gonna be one of the best podcasts out there, a hundred percent. I want to thank you for dark. that. We got we dropped some major f bombs. Like we got political. I it's, love it. It's PG thirteen. It's all part of it. <laughs> hey man, I mean, it's like you gotta be you gotta be able to like. Like I said, man, you can't be bashful and saying some yeah. things. I mean, obviously, that we might not agree on everything and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, man, it's like you, know, you you gotta have your own views and you gotta have your own way of living it. Like and then like what we talk about with the, the rule changes and all that stuff, it's like it's not us to decide. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. I don't nothing we can do about. it. We just gotta play with it. And honestly, if we're gonna play with it, we're gonna play with it. And I don't care. It's whatever. But I should be allowed to voice my opinion on it without consequences because I feel like. As a human being, I have that universal right to say what I want to say. And as long as I don't say anything wrong or derogatory, I should be able to do that. And I think on this podcast, when we said some things that might be controversial, which I don't think we did, obviously. I don't think we honestly did. We're allowed to, though, because as long as we don't say derogatory or we say Ill, ill-worded Ill or have ill feelings towards people, then we're good. And I don't think anybody on this podcast or anybody in our locker room has ill feelings or ill I mean, dude, as long as you can say whatever you want, like, don't harm anybody. It's called freedom of speech. Yeah. 100%. And, but it's not freedom from consequence. And that's what I'm saying is that we haven't said anything – that is would be considered inflammatory, which is good because we shouldn't. We have empathy for people, empathy and sympathy for people that we don't know. Exactly. So, all right. So, like we said at the end of the podcast, we're going to ask our viewers a question: or who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? And this is for all the yeah. uh, listeners too. We'll talk about it next podcast. I think the Brewers win it. Really, they got really close last year. I was thinking that too. I, I haven't watched Brewers, really. Brewers pitching staff's unreal. Yeah. Plus, the Brewers pitching staff drops tanks. I haven't really watched any baseball at all this year. The Brewers' offense is pretty good, dude. <laughs> I'm like, preparing myself to watch 140 games during yeah. our season this year. 100p. I've been watching a little bit, and the Yankees don't even have half their team, and yeah. they're spanking guys yeah. right now. Like, That's true. They, they call true. them the New York Rail Riders. Is that the AAA <laughs> yeah. uh, team? Their, their entire like uh, roster's on the IL, right? Is that what they call them now? Injured list? But, yeah, I'd say Brewers are a good pick. Yankees, maybe not the, not the worst of picks. Definitely not the Cincinnati healthy. Reds. <laughs> are they trash this year? I wouldn't say they're trash. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I grew up a big Cincinnati Reds fan, so or and a Bengals fan, so the, I'm used to upsets and letdowns. The big red machine in the 1990s, with John Rocker closing <laughs> John games out. <laughs> Bro, you can hop off, dog. Anderson, hop off. I never said to be a baseball historian. So, well, if you don't got anything else, uh, I think that wraps it up. Awesome job today, guys. Uh, good luck this season, and for all you listeners, what's your um, Instagram and Twitter name? Um, my Instagram name is very complicated. It's at Matt Marksbury, and my um, Twitter handle is Sir Lefty Dura. But it just, you can just search Matt Marksbury. Oh, he's blue checked too. So yeah, I got I'm, I'm <coughs> verified. <coughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have a good week, and God bless.